Bam 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. That's your host, Lisa Linky. And I'm Misty Stinnett. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it the way you do, and I'm Misty Stinnett. Thank you. And this is a uh, podcast where we read and review a popular self-help book each episode yeah. so that you don't have to. No. Or you can, or, or maybe you're so inspired by the book, you want to go out and buy it. Yeah, you're going to go out and read it. But regardless, you can get a taste of the uh, perspective-altering self-help advice that you feel like you need to cover up the innate fear that you're a terrible person. Yeah, or that your family has been like slightly nudging you towards. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. So welcome. Welcome. And let me tell you, this is a popular one this week. The book that you have? Mm -hmm. Misty, I am presenting to you, Girl, Wash Your Face. Oh, by who? Rachel Hollis. By Rachel Hollis. It's Girl, Wash Your Face. Stop believing the lies about who you are so you can become who you were meant to be. Now, I'm going to be real, real with you right Please. now. I don't wash my face. I can tell. And this, this I now understand, is an enormously popular self-help book. And I don't even think it's her first book, but I'd never heard of it. Misty, this is a New York Times bestseller, a number mm. one New York Times bestseller published mm. in 2018. And as I learned on Amazon, it was the second best-selling book of 2018, only behind Fire and Fury. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. So this is a big one. Wildly popular. Uh can I have you describe the book for me as I've held it to you? Yes, I'm holding it in my hot little hands. Um, uh, Rachel Hollis is an attractive looking, in my opinion, white lady. And she has her arm very casually draped over um, a, a dirty, crusty, old yellow, yellow fire, fire hydrant. hydrant. Yeah. She's wearing red. It's going off. It's spouting water. It's going off. It's squirting water in her face, even though she's clearly got this like nice sort of blue blowout beachy wave thing going on with uh-huh. her hair and she's got um ripped holes in her jeans so she looks casual and like like homeless chic yeah 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 it's a curated messiness that comes up in the book a lot oh. um that's on the book jacket and uh, my best friend sarah hates book jackets she immediately re- removes them so what's oh, if really? you were to remove the book jacket <laughs> what would the actual book itself look oh, like that's a great question it is a really pretty deep navy blue, and in that sort that there's this font that's really popular these days. I don't know what you call it, but it's uh, very like it's like a handwritten with a big, big puffy marker kind of. Yeah, we'll put a picture of this on the Instagram, but it it says in gold lettering on the spine, "Girl, wash your face." Rachel Hollis with a little picture of a house. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Rachel Hollis. Are you curious? I'm so curious. Rachel Hollis is a number one New York Times bestselling author of Girl, Wash Your Face, a TV personality, top motivational speaker, top podcast host, CCO of the Hollis Company, and mother of four. She's got four kids? Mm -hmm. Whoa. Rachel was named by Inc. Magazine as one of the top 30 entrepreneurs under 30, and she is deeply passionate about empowering women in business. She has four kids under 30 and does all of those things. Mm Mm-hmm. Known wow. as the, quote, Tony Robbins for women. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Be- Whoa. That's a huge statement. If you don't know who Tony Robbins is, we will eventually cover one of his books. <laughs> but he is like, he is he is enormously popular. Uh-huh. Known as the Tony Robbins for women because of her motivational high energy style, Rachel has a unique ability to empower and embolden a female audience. Okay. Motivational inspirational, and always approachable, Rachel's tell-it-like-it-is attitude is a refreshing approach that allows her to authentically connect with audiences everywhere. You know what this reminds me of? Hmm. Jen Sincero. Well, here's here's my question, and it's the same one I asked about. Did you about. hear the violent intake of air? I did, which is why I was pivoting a little to Thank save you. you. Um, this is the same thing I asked about Jen Sincero, but... Before she wrote this book, before she became a motivational speaker, what are her credentials that make her qualified or a motivational speaker? Like, why? So she started out as a party planner and um, along the way started a blog that became really 
powerful and popular. Okay. And now she owns a website and a media company, and it's the Chic or Chick Media. I don't know which she prefers. It's C-H-I-C. Uh, oh. so I'm going to say Chic. Chic Media Company. Yeah. And um, uh, it's got, like, recipes and you do you and um, tips and tricks. And so she sort of became this person that medium. people were turning to. Yeah, she like okay. started a media company. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, her company, the Hollis Company, exists to arm people with the tools to make positive and lasting change. They do this by creating media, products, inspiration, and community that challenges their audience to reach for a better version of themselves every day. Mm. They believe that everyone can benefit from a personal growth mindset, most especially people who've never encountered it before. Her next book, Girl Stop Apologizing, will be released on March 12th, 2019. I did see ads for that on this Amazon is her first recently. Book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is her first book. Okay. I did see Girl Stop Apologizing. So book prices, um, Kindle's $12.99. Paperback is not available yet. This is a hardcover because it's only it's less than a year old. Wow. Uh, hardback is $13.79. Audible is $25.09, read by Rachel Hollis, and it's 213 pages. Wow. So this is her her debut book, mm-hmm. and it was the second bestseller of its first year. Well, she has a huge audience base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her blog, right? And like a, a million plus on on Instagram, a half a million on Twitter or vice versa. Wow. So she already had a huge yeah. base. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to give you a quick book overview. Please. And then I'm going to tell you the format of the book, Great. which I thought was really smart. Okay. Uh, the book overview. Okay. She says this book is about a bunch of hurtful lies and one important truth, that you and only you are ultimately responsible for who you become and how happy you are. Okay. She says that every lie you've ever told yourself throughout your life has been per- or perpetrated by society, the media, our family of origin, or frankly, and she says, and this is my Pentecostal showing, the devil himself. Okay. Heads up. This is a Christian publishing company, and this there are a lot of straight up verses quoted in this book. Okay. That's I was not expecting that from the cover. Yep. She gets letters from women around the world every day asking how she does it and saying they are tired and scared and unsure. And she wants to, quote, grab you by your shoulders and shake you until your teeth rattle. I want to get in your face until you have the courage to look me in the eye and see that answer for yourself. I want to shout at the top of my lungs until you know this one great truth. You are in control of your own life. You are more than what you have become. Okay. I don't hate that. I don't hate her sentence. No. I don't love the teeth rattling, but yes. Yeah. She says, each chapter is a lie she told herself or that she believed with stories of how this held her back, hurt her, or caused her to hurt others, and that by admitting these lies, she's taken their power away. That's what each chapter kind of covers. And then at the end of each chapter, she shares some tools that helped her make the changes. So the format of the book is simple. 20 lies. Mm Mm-hmm. Her stories about how these lies either came to be or how they held her back, how she worked through them, and then three tools at the end of each chapter that you can practically do. So it sounds like it's awareness and then some exercises. Yeah. I like that. Listen, the format of the book is is simple and powerful and effective. Okay. Um, I feel like there's a but. Well, I want to – I'm only going (laughs) to – There are 20 chapters and 20 lives. Okay, let's dive in. They're going to talk about motherhood, marriage, sex, relationship, and works. They talk about everything. I'm just going to read the chapters to you, the chapter titles. Great. Um, And then I'm going to tell you which five we'll be covering. Okay, great. I love it. Mm -hmm. So um, the introduction is called Hey Girl, Hey. And then the first lie, uh, here are the 20 chapters. The lie, something else will make me happy. The lie, I'll start tomorrow. The lie, I'm not good enough. The lie, I'm better than you. The lie, mm. loving him is enough for me. The lie, no is the final answer. The lie, I'm bad at sex. The lie, I don't know how to be a mom. The lie, I'm not a good mom. The lie, I should be further along by now. The lie, other kids, other people's kids are so much cleaner slash better organized slash more polite. Mm. The lie, I need to make myself smaller. The lie, I'm going to marry Matt Damon. The lie, I'm a terrible writer. The lie, I will never get past this. The lie, I can't tell the truth. The lie, I am defined by my weight. The lie, I need a drink. The lie, there's only one right way to be. And the lie, I need a hero. And then acknowledgments and about the author. So um, it's interesting. The first few really resonated with me. I obviously can't resonate with any of the uh, parenting mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. 
But there, there was one, the, I like the lie of I'm better than others because I've been reading a lot about ego lately. Mm-hmm. And that's resonating. And then there was one more. Can I see this for a sec? There was one more that I'm really hoping you cover. I should be further along by now. I don't know if we're covering that. Okay. Um, well, I here are the five that I, I felt that. most people, regardless of their gender or age or life experience, would. Um, do you want to see the books I have? Oh yeah, I love it. As always, we're joined by the imitable Matt Sav. Thank you, because I remember we both were like, "How do we say this word?" On a recent minute, did I say it right? Imitable. Oh, I did it. I think so. I said that through my. Hermeneutical lens. Hermeneutical lens. <laughs> it really took me a minute to get there. I These almost are throwbacks said homo. to past episodes yeah. people get with the program. Um, here are the lies we're going to focus on. Thank you. The lie, something else will make me happy. Mm-hmm. The next lie is I'll start tomorrow. Yeah. The next lie is I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. We have to cover I'm not. Uh, I'm going to marry Matt Damon. Of course. And I will never get past this. Great. Those are the five. You can borrow the book and read the one you want. Thank you. Um. Are you ready to dive into our first I lie? I am so ready. Do you have any questions before we begin? Uh, I was just wondering what your first impressions of the book were when you first picked it up and started reading. Well, I was so curious as to why it was such a big bestseller. Yeah, I feel like that sets a lot of expectations right away. I, I liked her introduction, even though I felt a little uncomfortable with Hey Girl, Hey. Why did you feel uncomfortable with Hey Girl, Hey? I think it made me uncomfortable because it didn't sound like her vernacular. Okay. She's from a tiny town in uh, central California. Okay. In her, in her like, central, not, not the coast, but Central Valley, California. Um, and I did laugh because she wrote the introduction about if somebody was standing in the bookstore right now trying to decide if she should buy this book or like the life-changing magic of tidying up and these words will decide for her um you know it's a really good setup and she's like you need to identify and systematically destroy every lie you've ever told yourself in your whole life because it's impossible to go somewhere new or become someone new without acknowledging where you are my whole my whole stomach just got tight because that sounds like an overwhelming and daunting task. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean. So you, it sounds like you immediately were uncomfortable. I'm well, reading on your face that. I'm No, I was happy about it okay. until I got. And, and, the, and now listen, okay. if you're just joining in for the first time, here's a pro tip. Misty is amazing at reading self-help books and finding what's great about them. Mm. I fucking hate them at the outset yeah i really don't like the concept of self-help books because it implies that you're fucked up to begin with right elisa hates authority and being told what to do and yet you have been in therapy for decades and are very in touch and self-aware and do implement you know these helpful things and the relationships that i have with my therapists are collaborative yeah i never would work with somebody who's like, well, here's what you need to do. Because I would be like, you can go eat a... Well, I I also think that books are inherently a little bit one-sided because you can't ask the author questions and unless they include a QA, and a which most people, most books don't, but uh, one that I'll be covering soon actually does have a dialogue in there of the most frequently asked questions. It is a little one-sided and it can come off as, as preachy. And this genre of self-help is so wide and it's such yeah. a huge burgeoning industry mm-hmm. that anybody with a base is asked to write one. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why I'm expected to take what you think right. is has worked for you in your life yeah. and apply it to mine. Yeah, well, that's exactly why we're here. We're reviewing. Mm-hmm. We're being, cri- you know, critical, not in like a, oh, we're making fun of it or holier than that way, but like we want to know what works and what doesn't and why we should be listening and why we shouldn't. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah. Let's so dive her, in. Uh, so, thank you. So her introduction made me happy because she was like, look, I run a blog and all these women contact me and they don't know how I do all this stuff. And um, 
Does she have help? Is it a lot of nannies and a household support team, I imagine? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that her, and and I do want to just give a heads up. Mm. We're going to, on our, on our, here's a little steak tartare, a heads up on your weekly beef. (laughs) When we cover this in the weekly beef, we will go into depth about some of the critiques of this book that I don't want to. Yeah infiltrate into the review and if if this is your first time listening and you're like what the fuck is a weekly beef (laughs) we do two episodes a week one is the self-help book and then uh the other episode is like a homework check-in because we we assign each other homework each episode and a little bit of supplemental self-help something so we might do trivia or a thought-provoking question or listener emails or that sort of thing Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's what we mean When we say weekly beef. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so what you're saying is, like, you will let us know more of your critiques of the book in the next weekly beef. And also the um, cultural critiques of this book that are coming not just from me. Oh, great. Okay. So kind of the zeitgeisty. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So first lie. Something else will make me happy. Yeah. So she starts off with talking about how she peed her pants last week and then wants everybody to just be aware that we're all falling short. Why did she pee her pants? She was jumping on a trampoline. And she's like, look, if you've given birth to three children like I have, they adopted yeah. their fourth. She's like, you know what I'm talking about. You pee your pants. And not just a little, but like you full on pee your pants. Well, it's it's interesting because I feel like I've heard this many, many times before. And I feel like I'm just not going to jump on a trampoline without some sort of like an incontinence pad after I give birth. Sure. Okay. Um, All right, girl. Did she, also did she like, sanitize the trampoline? Oh, no. Okay. I mean, she has kids. They pee on all the time. Okay, sure. great. <laughs> um, she's like, look, we're all falling short, but she's like, we keep getting up and we keep trying to be a better version of ourselves. By the way, I would say that if you're having incontinence after giving birth, <laughs> it's not falling short. Yeah. That's not right. falling short. That's just your body doing its best. And that's great. Yeah. Also, there's new panties that are designed for that exact problem. Oh, yeah, girl. Um, she said, uh, and then I said, Okay, I did like this because she was distinguishing between unhappy, depressed, and sadness and vol- and validated mm. all three. Okay. So being unhappy is different than being depressed mm-hmm. and being sad or like grieving is different than the two of those. Great. I and love I, that she I, I do too. differentiated. Um, she says, but being unhappy is something you can change. Okay. 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 And then she, here right out the gate, um, she introduces uh, her traumatic childhood and how she thought that if she moved away from it, she would be happy. And we'll talk a little bit more about her traumatic childhood later. And she says she finally realized that happiness is about who you are, not where you are. Because she literally thought if she could escape the house she lived in or the town that she lived in and she moved to L.A. and she saw Mm -hmm. palm trees and she was like, this Mm -hmm. is it. I will be happy now. And then she realized, nope, I actually have to do something to make myself happy. Well, that's something that I think about. A lot in that I've talked about in therapy is like happiness is not a place, but Zach and I are constantly joking about moving to a ranch in Montana. Mm-hmm. Because Can like, I please sublet with that's you? That's right, because Montana is beautiful and the land is a lot cheaper. And all, our idea is like, oh, once we like get to a ranch in Montana, that mm-hmm. is when we'll be happy and relaxed and our lives will be slower. But like, As that's, our friend, not, that's a lie. Mark. Manson said you would just create a different problem. Just a different problem. Yeah. That's right. So she gives you three things that helped her. Right. To get over this, something else will make me happy. Okay. This lie. First is she stopped comparing herself. Easier said than motherfucking done. Totally. The second is she surrounded herself with positivity. Okay. And the third is she figured out what makes her happy and then she does those things. Now, she doesn't just say those. I'll give you a little more information here. Um. Uh, she says, I stopped comparing myself. I stopped comparing myself to other people, and I also stopped comparing myself to whomever I thought I was supposed to be. Comparison is the death of joy, and only the person you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. I surrounded myself with positivity. I cringe even writing that because it sounds like a poster you'd see taped to the wall of your eighth grade gym class. But cheesy or not, it's gospel. You become who you surround yourself with. You become what you consume. If you find yourself in a slump or feel as though you're living in a negative space, take a good hard look at who and what you see every day. So my first reaction to this, two thoughts. The first is that positivity is different than gratitude. Yes. Right? Right. Um, And something that we talked a lot about in the Brene Brown Daring Greatly episode is how replacing fear or anxiety or worries and stress with thoughts of gratitude can literally help shape your mind and shift, like have a neurochemical shift in in your brain. And my second thought is that in 
what's been resonating with me so much from The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck and an upcoming book that I will be reviewing on the next episode is that humans are not designed to be positive. And we talk yeah. about this a lot. And yeah. so, hey, if that works for you, great. Yeah. But one of the reasons I love calling you or my two sisters when I've had a shitty day is because they don't immediately launch into, oh, but it's going to be better or like you're doing amazing or whatever. Maybe there's a little bit of that, but sometimes I just need to hear someone else go, that sucks. And that sounds like a shitty day. And yeah. just, just just ex- like meet the Validate. moment with acceptance. You need to be validated before yeah. you can do any kind of moving on. Yeah, but even not even moving on, but going, yeah, that's present for you right now. That That's hard. And okay. Yeah. Sorry you're going through that. Yeah. And not try to change it. Yeah. Well, you know, we also have to remember what she does is creates inspiration like her if you That's look like at her the instagram yeah okay. it's like a lot of inspirational quotes and a lot of and aspirational you're right stuff okay. you're right okay so um figure out what makes you happy and do those things so right. inherently nothing she's saying is groundbreaking right and by the way i also just want to acknowledge just because i am more into living in the moment if you're a person who is like no 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 i need positivity or i'll drown great yeah, I just want to validate that perspective as well. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, uh, none of what she's saying in any of this book is groundbreaking. What is, I think, unique, and I think like why a lot of people loved Elizabeth Gilbert's um, second book, that second nonfiction book. It didn't do as well as um, Eat, Pray, Love, but mm-hmm. in it she lists out. You like, mean Big Magic? No, there was another one before that. Oh, where she listed out like these are all my flaws. Oh, right. It's like. Um, I think there's something very earnest about somebody saying, here is something that I did that did not work for me, and here's how it fucked me up, and Great. here's how I got uh, out of it. I think Seeing that, how the sausage is made. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think there's something very earnest, and we appreciate somebody being vulnerable in that sense. Yeah. Now, I, as we will talk about, there is, uh, in our weekly beef, um, there's a question about how this vulnerability is uh Portrayed? Portrayed. Great. Okay. So okay. That's, the, that's the first lie. Something else will make me happy. I'm so curious. Can't this, wait to get to the weekly I beef. know. <laughs> the second lie is, I'll start tomorrow. Yeah. We've all heard that. Oh, I've heard that from my brain many, many, many times. So she starts off um, telling the story about how there was this impromptu um, uh, girls' dinner turned into an impromptu girls' drinks, which turned into, like, staying out way later than any of them had planned. Sounds fun. Right? And then when she got home, she said hi to her husband, Dave. He's mentioned throughout the book in various ways. Um, And then she went downstairs to run on the treadmill and Snapchatted about it. And one of the friends she was with was so surprised that she was working out late at night and, um, like, texted her and was like, what are you doing? And Rachel was like, well, I made myself a promise that I would work out when I got home, and I'm not going to break that promise to myself. Mm-hmm. And um, the friend was like, I am the first person that I break promises to. So she kind of launches into this discussion then about good friends who keep their word and flaky friends who never do, and why would you be a flaky friend to yourself? I do like that. I will also say I hate dichotomies. So anytime somebody says there is good and there is bad, there is black and there is white, there is safety and there is dangerous, I immediately go, Mm-mm, I don't think so. I, I would also argue that there are wonderful friends who have flaky moments or flaky. There's a whole area of gray mm-hmm. in between. But go ahead. Continue. Misty. Yeah. You're not going to like this book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a. Uh... By the way, your face just lit up when you said. That. <laughs> well, I think if anybody who's been listening knows that your friend over here has a strategy brain, and so I immediately think of the exclusion to the rule, like mm-hmm. or the exception to the rule. That's mm-hmm. me. I immediately do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not black and white either on this stuff. But I, I will say it does help to solidify concepts in a simple way, an sure. understandable way. If you're speaking in dichotomies, all I'm saying is consider that there are more options than two. Listen, and I love that she's saying put yourself first. Mm-hmm. Put yourself first. Make room for yourself in your yeah. schedule and hold your promises to yourself as sacred. Right, because I wouldn't just bail on you if we had a plan. Right. So if Why you're would looking, I bail on myself? I think it's a, a really lovely thing to think of yourself as a best friend. What a lovely thing to do. It is a lovely thing to do. Then again, 
Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> she says, when you really want something, you'll find a way. When you don't really want something, you'll find an excuse, which is she did not create that. That is not f- from her words. That's a, that's a reinterpretation of a very famous. Uh, um, and then her example is she gave up Diet Coke, you guys. And it was really hard to do. Okay. Two immediate thoughts I have to address. <laughs> the first is, there's so much more at play than wanting something. People, including myself, I'm speaking from my heart here, self-sabotage because of fear. Yeah. Feelings of inadequacy. What you learned from your parent. Yeah. I'm not, I'm like, not saying that that's you, but like that's reasons no, that people No, no, that's it. exactly right. Or lack of resources. Yeah. or And I get the whole like you will find a way, but like sometimes obstacles are great and sometimes the hardest ones are internal. So we'll I'll just keep it at that. The second thing is about Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. In my normal life, I'm not a Diet Coke drinker. It's not something I do. Mm-hmm. When I am at the office, I am so drawn to the Diet Coke. Really? I have moved on to two a day on weekdays. I don't think about it on the weekends. And then when I'm in that motherfucking office, and I swear to God, there are there has to be something in it. Makes me think about it. I have a Pavlovian response. And if I have one, I will eat all of the office candy. And then I will have a second. Do you know why that is? There it, are appetite stimulants and Diet Coke. Just like in Oreos, which we were just talking about yeah, on no, the last mini there are the there are things in the chemicals in Thank you. diet products Thank you. make you hungry. And by the way and make you consume more food. And by the way, if my Aunt Brenda is listening right now, she is cringing and like, why are you putting that in your body? I'm sorry, Babs. I'm so sorry. Listen, I used to consume caffeine like it was my job. Yeah. I had a problem with that. If I had one Diet Coke a day, I'd have 20 and I, I didn't know the difference. I have, a, I have a friend like that too. And I didn't, I thought you've been caffeine free for like years. 22 years this fall. Oh my God. I'm old. See, I, I don't know that I could give up um, caffeine. Lisa's 23. Lisa's old. 23. And <laughs> but what I mean is it was really hard, but I had an opportunity. I was flying back from Asia to the mainland. We stopped over in Hawaii. We had a week in Hawaii. There's all these wonderful tropical fruit juices. I didn't and know what time sweets. it was. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and so I had the opportunity to, because I'll say this, when I gave up caffeine, there were not a lot of non-caffeinated options on the market. Right. My choices were beer, wine, water, juice, milk. That was it. Damn. And then every now and then somebody would carry caffeine-free Diet Coke. Or like I could have a Sprite. But like Even now it's hard to find caffeine-free Diet Coke. It's in a gold can, I want to say. It is, but I don't drink soda anymore. I will mm-hmm. have root beer on occasion because it's caffeine-free. Well, and, and we're, both, we're both drinking uh, LaCroix right now. Yeah. And if you say LaCroix, I want you to know. It's not right. I was with you. I used to say LaCroix like a pretentious but asshole. And yes, France. I'm judging everyone. It's from Wisconsin. Until I finally went to... L-A-C-R-O-I-X dot com. And they say it's enjoy. And it says rhymes with joy. And by the way, it's like St. Croix in France, which is spelled the same way. Or if you're Zach and I, you call it Le Coup. Okay. Like so Marilyn we're, we're drinking Pamplemousse Le Coup. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho, she gave up Diet Coke <laughs> and then she ran a half marathon. So why? How are those connected? Well, there feels are, like you'd want more caffeine to run that marathon. If you really want something, you'll find a way. And when you don't want to do something, you'll find an excuse. What if you broke your leg and you couldn't run the marathon? I think you would find th- a way to wheel through it. I oh, I think Gay Hendricks is like, you should what did look you at do? why, why did using you break this your as an excuse. Anyway, she says breaking a commitment to yourself is a big deal. And here are three things that helped her. Great. Start with small goals and then build from there. So kind of gain confidence that mm-hmm. you can follow through. So just cut okay. down to two Diet Cokes at work. Great. And none on the weekends. That's wh- where I already am. I know. Goal accomplished. There you go. And then she says, be careful with your commitments. Slow down your yes. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. And then she says, being honest with herself helped uh, about what she's blowing off. Right. Mm. So like, are you blowing off? Um I'm trying to remember what this was exactly, but really being able to just look in the mirror and be honest with what you're blowing off. Are you blowing off stuff that you really want? Um, and why are you doing that? And you know what's interesting is the the 
stories we tell ourselves, the narratives we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. This is where I think things like journaling mm-hmm. can come and really help full because if you're saying here's what I wanted to do today and here's what I got done today and you do that for a few days Mm -hmm. and you look back through the pages and go okay is there a pattern here yeah and depending on how how what facility you have with being compassionate with yourself yeah I would invite you to have a really good friend who loves you um and is compassionate with you when you when you go over that that, because otherwise if you're like me you will just beat yourself to death over it right and that's something we talked about in the charisma myth episode by Olivia Fox Cabane is how self-compassion is often the hardest compassion to have it is yeah, that's really interesting. But uh, does she give you tips about how to be honest with yourself? Because that's another one of those things that is easier said than done. Um, that's a great question. I'm going to look at that right now. Hold, please. Because I feel like sometimes in these self-help books, they say like, oh, yeah, all you have to do is break your old patterns. And it's like contained in that one sentence is an implied you know, years worth of work. She says, be honest with yourself about what you're blowing off. A little cancellation here or a bow out there can add up, but only if you refuse to acknowledge your actions. If you take a good hard look at what you've canceled on in the last 30 days, you might be shocked to discover how you're training yourself to behave. Okay. Yeah. That's great. So review the last month. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next lie is, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's my favorite lie to tell myself. Okay. Uh, So she starts off talking about how she's a workaholic, and it reminded me of Brene Brown's um, talk about how crazy busy is a strategy of numbing. Mm, My whole body got tight because it's resonating. And then she unpacks her, quote, Vidalia onion of emotional issues, which is a very Southern. I prefer a sweet yellow. Thank you. Um, With how she's the youngest of four children. And so by the time she was growing up, in order to get attention, she had to do something good, like get an A on a test or score score a goal in soccer or get a part in a school play. And she says, what that taught me as a child and what I carried into adulthood as I discovered amid a load of therapy is the belief that in order to be loved, I felt I needed to produce something. Okay. And this relates with me. I really identify a lot of self-value through work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My achievements are completely tied to my self-worth right now. Um, And she says this has several effects. She has trouble sitting still. Mm -hmm. And the second she achieves one goal, it's it's like, what's next? that, That really relates with me. When I'm on set, I'm like, what is my next gig? When you're on set. Yeah, because I love what I'm doing. And I'm like... I don't want to. I don't want this to be done tomorrow. Like oh, I want to be working constantly. But it does come out of a love for the present moment as well. Yes. Okay. Um, she struggles to celebrate or enjoy any victory, no matter how big, because she says, "I'm always mindful of something bigger I could be doing instead," which. Mm-hmm. Kind of, I related to that with like this idea of a teachable moment, um, and I, I always have been like <laughs> this in 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 the opposite with um, challenging things. I guess. Whenever I achieve something that was difficult, when people say, you really should congratulate yourself, that was really hard. Until recently, I've never really thought that it was hard because I lived through it. So like truthfully, I feel like on my tombstone, it will say, now that was hard. If I lived through it and I got through it, then it wasn't that difficult. Oh, no. I know. No. So I am constantly, I'll be like, in the middle of something that is incredibly difficult, like a move cross country. Yes. And I'll be like, this is really hard. I did not anticipate how hard this would be. Yes. And everybody's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Right. Like, what do you mean you didn't anticipate? Because I just feel like if you can get, I think that's a very Midwestern attitude too. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You don't have time to be upset about it because you got to get up. You got to right. keep going. You got to do it. So, um, so this resonated with me too about like, I don't need to enjoy a victory because, like, I could have done it better or, like, what's the next yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she talks about the first time she had facial paralysis, which is also called Bell's palsy. She suffered oh. from Bell's palsy and how it kept happening. Is it something – it sounds like it's something that you can can be fixed or that you can it work It comes through? and goes. Okay. okay. Sometimes it lasts with people forever. Sometimes it comes and goes. Oh, my God. Um, and she also got vertigo for no reason, which that also happened to me when I was out in um, – Northern California, I was living out here working for an internship for Sun Microsystems. I sat up one day and absolutely fell over out of bed. Oh, my God. And had mild positional vertigo. That, I had, like, some earwax that needed to come out. That was very painful. But then that mild positional vertigo stayed for a while. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Thank you for saying hot. Um, (laughs) She says, (laughs) bodies are fascinating and how they will tell you what they need 
she says, bodies are fascinating and they will tell you what they need if you listen. And if you don't listen, if you try to do too many things without rest, they will absolutely shut down to get what they need. Oh, let me jump in right Please here. Do. Every now and then I will be having a crazy busy day where I am triple tasking. I am like, I will make to-do lists that are impossible. Yeah. But the narrative I tell myself is you can get this done. Oh, you yeah. can totally get this done. You're fine. So I will go from like sun up to sundown. And every now and then I'll be in the middle of like cleaning the house after doing a hundred other things. And suddenly I will just have to sit down. Like mm-hmm. my body is like, I don't fucking think so. Mm-hmm. And it to me comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then I just have to lay there for 30 minutes. But when you look back, you're like, this is not coming. When out I look of back, I'm like, Oh, you know, it's absolutely. I like, drove yes. my body to exhaustion. I ignored all the warning signs. It made me think about that thing you said the other day with um, your body cries the tears that your eyes won't shed. That's right. Yeah. And I think I said my butt was crying tears. Oh, honey, yeah. go Remember? to the doctor. There we go. Um, she went to tons of doctors trying to figure out what was wrong. Mm-hmm. But finally, a homeopathic doctor um, just kind of kept asking her questions like, when did this happen? And so like the two times it happened once she was under a lot of stress. And the second time she got Bell's palsy when she was on vacation with mm. her um, husband, I think it was, when they, they were married at that point. And she was like, but I wasn't stressed. And he was like, but it was the first time you'd taken vacation and like three years of working nonstop and your body was finally relaxing. Yeah. So um, they figured out it was happening at stressful times or after extended periods of stress and he prescribed her to do nothing. Oh. And it made her want to crawl out of her skin. I relate to that so hard. I was just saying to Zach the other day, like – Whereas I think a lot of people are have set, you know, we're we're a bit into the new year now, but people are like either falling off their resolutions yeah. or they're doubling down or that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest challenges that I could possibly face is to have less to do. Oh yeah. And to clear my schedule. So like I I am having a physical reaction. <laughs> To that right you now. You guys can't see this, but she's kind of squirming as if if she were in a procedural. This is the point where the police tell her they have evidence to prove that her alibi is wrong. We have the gun. We have your prints. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I was with my husband. All of a sudden, she's also- I was nowhere near Cancun. She's from the East Coast. Um, <laughs> she said, as soon as he prescribed her to do nothing, she even imaged a dead shark floating to the surface of the ocean because it couldn't move. Whoa. That's the image that came up in her mind. That is, that is, that's some dark shit. But she adjusted her work hours and played with her kids and learned to rest. And she says it's an ongoing process. Okay. So she wasn't like, I was totally successful. No. I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. So the three things that helped her, the first is that she went to therapy. The second is that she said she hustled for joy. And she says she worked just as hard for fun moments as she did for all other things. Great. Which makes sense. I love that. Yeah. That's something I hadn't thought about before. Yeah. And then she reordered her list. She made sure that she was on her own priority list. Oh. And this made me laugh because it it made me think of this time. So my cousin, Alicia, who has three kids um, and a husband, she was a freelancer. She works from home. She does um, like... I don't know what she still does, but she did PR and like would write annual reports and things like that for companies. And um, when we were talking and I was like, what's it like, like having kids and working? And she goes, well, you know, I basically just decided that like I have three clients that are more important than anyone else. And in my mind, I thought that like she picked the three most important (laughs) clients. And I said, oh, so like you have three clients that whenever they call, like you'll pick up for them. And she goes, She's like, no, no, it's my kids, my kids and, and my husband. Oh, okay. Oh, she, she wasn't even on her own list. Well, this was this, honey. This was in like you know the Copy. early OOS. We didn't do Copy. that. <laughs> and um, and it just made me laugh. That I was like, oh, I'm no, not I, cut out for no, that. That's no, not me. No. Um, but yeah, so she reordered her list and made sure that she was on her priority list mm-hmm. as well. Sometimes I have to put down like shower. On my to-do list. Oh, I just don't shower. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just dry shampoo for weeks. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. No, I'll just keep wearing my hair. When I can take the clip out and the hair doesn't move, that's when it's time to shower. (laughs) (laughs) And my best friend Sarah will FaceTime and and get a good... standards. Yeah, listen. Um, So that's it for uh, I'm Not Good Enough. Okay. So we've hit Something Else Will Make Me Happy, I'll Start Tomorrow, I'm Not Good Enough, and now it's time... 
for the lie of I'm going to marry Matt Damon. I'm here for it. Okay. So you'll never guess what this chapter is about. Dreams. That's right. Yes, she wanted to marry Matt Damon. She met him once when she worked for Miramax as a party planner. Mm. Um, Oh, pause. I have to tell you. Obviously, Matt Damon makes me think of Ben Affleck. Sure. Did you ever They're like a package deal. That's right. Did you ever watch Voyage of the Mimi? That's when they were like in middle school, right? Well, no. Matt wasn't involved, but it's a 13-year-old Ben Affleck who's on a boat called the Mimi, and he's your host, and he takes you through like Mayan culture and whatever. And I remember being like— That man is destined for Batman. I remember being in fifth grade and just being like, this guy's kind of hot. Who is this guy? It's Ben Affleck, Voyage of the Mimi, baby. Get at me. Matt and Ben, if you're listening— uh, hit us up. At- We're at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, this is about dreams. This chapter is about dreams. Dreams. So, first she wanted to marry. <laughs> dream, 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 dream. <laughs> I got so excited we were harmonizing there. <laughs> You can call us the Everly Sisters. Thank you. I love the Everly Brothers. Okay, we are staying on task. (laughs) I refuse. Uh, So she says that her next dream after wanting to marry Matt, and she did meet him once. Um, Mm, Well, we all know that meeting someone once does give you a right to marry them. Well, she realized that she wasn't going to marry him then. Um, Her next dream was to buy a Louis Vuitton speedy bag that cost $1,000. That was like her next dream. Status symbol. Get it? She promised herself that the first time she got a check for $10,000 in consultation fees, she would go buy that bag. Consulting on what? Like a party planning or whatever. Oh. Issues aside with these are her dreams and their hey, monetary. Those, those are her values, and that's what she is entangling in her self-worth. She Got thinks it. that one of the reasons she is successful is because she allows herself and has the ability to imagine her dreams in intricate detail. Okay. And then the next sentence she wrote, seriously, don't rush by that statement. Sit with it a minute. Can you read it one more time? Mm-hmm. She says her specific uh, uh one of the reasons she's successful is because she allows herself and has the ability to imagine her dreams in intricate detail. So okay. she might argue that the reason that she's successful over somebody else is that she allows herself to dream in detail and they don't. So it sounds sort of like we're tiptoeing into manifesting territory here. You are 100% right. She says her her specific dream that she can focus on for years and years makes her successful. Her goals are real to her. And with regards to marrying Matt Damon, she didn't have a clear purpose or vision, so she made an imagined one that put her on a trajectory that she worked hard at. So she wanted to marry Matt Damon. So when a job opening, she, when she saw a job opening at Miramax, she was like, I'll be able to meet him. And that got her on this trajectory. Oh, she worked at Miramax? As a party oh. planner. Oh, I didn't know they had an on-staff party planner. Or also, something like that. very curious now what her husband looks like. Does he look more like Matt or more like Ben? Neither. Thank um, you. And then the purse made her overall goals of fiscal success bite-sized. That's her kind of... Why she's like, yeah, I wanted a thousand dollar purse, but it made my fiscal like trajectory bite sized for me. So she broke down, she was able to see a really large goal and broke it down into smaller steps. I guess. Which also is not like a revelatory. No, and also I wouldn't say that that's what she went about. I would say that she was like, I'm going to marry Matt Damon. And then like she got on this trajectory because she didn't have a specific goal. Got then it. She, so she was like filtering everything through that bigger yes. game. Okay. Th- then when she was on a path when she knew what she wanted to do, she was like, I want that $1,000 purse. And then the f- and the first time I get a $10,000 check, I'm going to be able to go r- deposit it and go buy a $1,000 purse. Hmm. So she kind of had, through this object that she wanted, she had set like a monetary goal. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, I like it because it's an outward symbol of this success because when you have the purse, that means you've reached this level. Yeah. Okay. She says naming it isn't enough. You got to spend time in that dream. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How much detail can you imagine? Her goal, her goals are real to her, and there isn't a single doubt in her mind that she can achieve them. Well, here, hold on. I have to pause for a second because uh, when, and this is my question overall as someone who 
doesn't really know much about manifesting and has a lot of trouble anytime I try to do it. Like, is she just imagining a one specific moment of holding and carrying this purse? Or does this dream consist of like many different sessions of her going around town with it, driving in the car and the purse is next to her? Like, uh, I would say as much detail. I would say many different ways. I mean, she says she she imagined it like her with a, there's a chic, um, a scarf around it, you know, okay. like around the handle. And like, uh-huh. yeah, I would say as much as you can in many different... Just see it coming mm-hmm. into your life. Okay. Um, whether or, She says, whether or not they come true isn't the point. Mm-hmm. It's how you steer your ship in a clear direction. And do you stay on course when the water gets choppy? Mm-hmm. You keep your eyes on the horizon. And now her next goal is that she wants a vacation home in Hawaii by the time she's 40. Mm. And I'm sure this book that I have purchased has helped her in that direction. I'm sure that she is already talking to realtors about it. You better believe it. So she also gives some distraction daydreams for when she's working out. And she borrowed this from Mindy Kaling. Mindy Kaling calls them cardio fantasies. Oh, um, so that when you're when you're working out, you don't have to keep your eye on the time. You can just be in a fantasy land. Okay. And here are some of her favorites that you can borrow. Okay. Um, being best friends with your hero, oh, vacationing I like that. with celebrities, singing on stage with Lionel Richie. That's one of her oh, that's favorites. That's very specific. And a Ryan Gosling or a Hemsworth brother. And she's like, now I'm married, oh. so I would never, but wouldn't it be fun for them to hit on me and me be like, I'm sorry, I'm married. I can't hang oh, out with you. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. And if it's my cardio fantasy, I don't got to be in a relationship in that fantasy. Okay. Zach, I love you. And also, look at Chris Hemsworth. Wow. <laughs> and also, if I'm on the Stairmaster. <laughs> I'm going to bang Chris Hemsworth in yeah, my mind. Yeah, that's right. And then we're all we're all going to be we're in great fine. cardiovascular shape. Here are the three things that helped her um, uh, get over her lie that she's going to marry Matt Damon and set realistic dreams. Okay. Writing it down, saying it aloud, and creating a vision board. Okay. Okay. Uh, here is our last lie. I will never get past this. Okay, uh, real quick, I feel like, and this could just be like a a function of the uh, the presentation and the format of the podcast, but like, sounds like, man, if, she's leaving a lot out. Yep. Okay. You felt like that in the book? Well, I mean, Is she's her- also, a, a, well, she has a lot of, listen, she didn't graduate from college, so she doesn't have educational privilege, but mm-hmm. she has thin white privilege she married a successful man she um you know was smart and surrounded herself with good people and Mm -hmm. you know um she built up a media empire on her own like that's you know no but i I mean as far as steps go to manifest like i guess my my bigger question is in this book do you feel like she gets into enough detail and enough nitty-gritty in each chapter to really kind of give you the skill set for these things or oh, do you no. feel like it's mostly just like dipping your toe in the pool because I feel like you could read five books about manifesting yeah but nobody knows how even. to tell you how to manifest anything like if they did like you were I remember you mentioned it in a podcast like the person who truly par- harnesses the power of the universe will all be driving in, Lam- driving in Lambos in Beverly Hills and, and you hated like, that I don't want to I actually I also hate that I'm going to stick with Ranch in Montana thank you um there's yeah. a lot of room. Well, the book I'll be reviewing on the next episode, no spoilers, may or may not address that. Oh, I don't listen. Uh, okay. Um, so, no, <laughs> nobody can teach you how to manifest things. Because, no, I, I just meant overall in no. every chapter. Okay. Yeah. So, it's like a dip. It's like, again, a, it's like, here's the lie I told myself. Here's how it held me back. And here's, and here, and, and I, here's how I kind of worked through it. And then here are three specific things that just I did. Just three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The lie is, I will never get past this. And just a brief trigger warning, I am going to mention um, uh, suicide. Um, Thank you. Uh, with a family member. Thank so you. if you want to skip forward, feel free. So uh, she talks about the most traumatic event in her life. It's about the suicide of her brother. And she shares enough of this with frankness and clarity and not too much to be kind of like um, exploitative of herself. Okay. Um, And she says she shares this because she's still here. And so are you, Mm. dear reader. She says, I am still here because I refuse to let anything or anyone decide what I get to have. I am still here because I refuse to let my trauma have the last word. I am still here because I will not let a nightmare have more power than my dreams. I am still here because I didn't allow that hard time to make me weak. I willed it to make me strong. So that is one, uh, that is her interpretation of how a traumatic event in her life mm. has put her on a trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it is a very specific. I think a lot of people have felt that way, but I it it feels very one-sided. I also think um as someone who's also lost someone really suddenly, I also think that the definitions of strong and weak change for different people. Yeah. And I'm really grateful that she found positivity yeah. knowing nothing specific about this experience. Yeah. But also sometimes trauma changes people in a way that others might perceive as weak, but is really a strong and open and transformative yeah. state. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like um, how you choose to deal with your own trauma is your choice. That's right. That's right. And I, I do think that trauma definitely sh- shakes up things we take for granted or this idea that we've got all the time in the world or that everything is permanent. You know, once you've mm-hmm. had sudden tragic loss, you're like, oh, nothing's permanent or stable. And yeah. it's, it can be really rocking to the yeah. core. So, yeah. like, I do think there's a huge opportunity in trauma to evaluate and, you know, how you perceive things. And, and well, she definitely has a Tony Robbins perspective, right? She's definitely a follower of his mm-hmm. and um, has been likened to him. Yeah. So she mentions that he says, if you're going to blame your hard times for all the things that are wrong in your life, you better also blame them for the good stuff too. I like that. Well, I mean, it's the same thing of like, Listen, if you're going to blame Islam for negatives in the world, then you better blame Islam for all the positive things that it's brought, the religion never, has brought. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. I wow. mean, you, again, there's no black or white. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and when he said that, that really resonated with her. You're not supposed to acknowledge the good things that come out of a trauma. It seems wrong to look for a silver lining out of your brother's suicide, right? But if you don't, on the other hand, she says it's all wasted. So I hadn't ever received the message that it's wrong to look for a silver lining. I think it can feel that way. Oh, it it definitely can. But I I think, I don't know, in Western I culture, think, I, it feels like everybody's automatic response is, I know this bad thing happened to you, but, like, I know you've had a shitty day, but at least you have food in the fridge, or I know you've had, like— I think what she's saying is that were it not for her brother's suicide, she would not be where she is today. Got it. Okay, so to sort of give it all that credit. Yeah, because that trauma forced her on a trajectory that put her here. Yeah. Yeah. So if not, she would still be in this tiny town that's like the one town that's mentioned in The Grapes of Wrath. I forget what it's called. I don't remember. Weed weed something. Sure. Um, Yeah. Well, I like that she says that. Yeah. So she says when she was in her 51st hour of her first labor, she felt like she could grit through it because of what she went through losing her brother. Yeah. It's kind of become a touchstone. Like it was the worst thing that ever happened to to her in her life, but it doesn't define her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. There's a lot of power in that. Yeah. I've so, been through worse. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> it's a little bit of Scarlett yeah. um, O'Hara, right? Yeah. Like I can get through this. I've done murder. I can get through this. Yeah. Right. So, Once you've lost Tara, you can lose anything. Thank you. Um, the three things that helped her going to therapy Great. is one, talking about it is another and something her therapist made her do is making herself think about it for five minutes only at a time and she says knowing that the end was coming was helpful right that the end was coming the end of thinking about it was coming oh oh at that five minute period got it rather than trying to avoid it avoid it avoid it you you can't it's always present present. with you every fucking moment of every day but making a deal with your left brain by saying we're going to think about it for five minutes and at the end of the five minutes we're not going to think about it anymore gives yourself permission yeah, to, to be present with that. So overall, those are our five lies that we covered. Okay. Overall, here are the pros of the book. Okay. It's practical patty. Yeah. Short chapters, which we love. We love. Um, it's lighthearted and serious at times. Mm-hmm. It speaks to you like you're a best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's something cool about a person owning up to their shame. Oh, I think, I think that is fucking stellar. Yeah. Here are the cons. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of scripture. Uh-huh. Lot, how, how much would you say if you had to, like, percentage-wise? I mean, there's literal literal verses quoted. Mm-hmm. Um, the percentage of the entire book, I would say, is 5%. Okay. But the skew of it is 30 to 50%. 
I feel like without having actually read this book and only hearing your review, I feel like it's very similar to the five love languages, which we recently did. Dr. Gary Chapman sort of implies that to achieve all these things and to be a good person is to like everything he talked about was through the lens of Christianity and heteronormative Christianity. And uh, it was one of those things where like if I could yeah. if I felt that there was a ton of practical secular information, if you could just erase that from it, but everything was through that lens. You could. You could absolutely do that. My okay. bigger problem with this book is less about the religious aspect and okay. more about the privilege, which we'll talk about okay. in our weekly beef. Okay. Um, so lots of scripture, if that's a trigger for you, lots of oversimplification, like you okay. were bringing up. Yeah. And the writing from privilege and like in the acknowledgement, she mentions the nanny who makes her life possible, but she never mentions that anywhere else. So in the intro, when she's like, these women are writing me around the world and are like, how I feel so tired at the end of the day. How do mm -hmm. you do it? And she's like, you are more than who you are. And you but are. But she doesn't talk about this person who's doing like full or part time childcare for her, keeping her kids safe so, so that she, she can, can travel around the world and give speeches. So she can work like she doesn't have children. That's right. And what's what's that saying? It's like society expects women to work like they don't have children and to have to raise children like they don't work. Exactly right. Okay. So I acknowledge that she's facing a little bit of that. For sure, I, f I I would have, I would feel a lot more comfortable if she said that right up at the front. I Same. have help. Same. I have help. Same. Um, there's a big focus on uh, being rich and on um, material goods, like Jen Sincero, like which you were a badass. Different, um, because of her Pentecostal upbringing, which there mm -hmm. is a long Pentecostal is sometimes divisive within evangelical. I've been doing a little bit of research and I may yeah, be speaking I don't, I don't out of know term, much but about it. there's a real like that faith-based um, prosperity okay. driven. Um, the weight chapter was tough because there's a lot of um, fat shaming and her belief that like the creator doesn't want you to be anything but in perfect health. Um. Then why would he make <laughs> or she or it or she make bodies that do that if everything's purposeful she did so so like in that in that weight chapter mm -hmm. she immediately is like look i'm gonna get flack for saying this and i know i'm gonna get flack for saying this because i run a media company and i've been told by the stuff i've tr i've posted pro previously that i'm triggering people mm -hmm. then why do you why do you say it well, it's interesting because it sounds like, and I won't dwell on this forever, we can take this up in our special weekly beef episode, but any time your success is based on being better than other people or knowing better than other people, which you've already said is your main beef with self-help, it's, it's inherently problematic because in order for you to be successful, a ton of other people have to fail or be seen as failures, yeah. and that's problematic. So things that we'll um, talk about in the Weekly Beef yeah. are some challenges to the premise of this book and some content in the book. Okay. Um, and just like within the last week of January, she was faking, facing accusations that her quotes on Instagram were plagiarized. Oh, shit. And some people were saying, girl, tell the truth. So, oh. um Girl, wash your posts. Okay. Well, so um, we'll we'll talk about that, and we'll talk okay. about some of this like this curated um, messiness um, that's kind of rampant through throughout her image, and and how this all kind of oh. happens. So um, we'll talk about that. Okay. So that's coming up, but I did want to transition out by telling you about um, uh, another thing. Oh, do you have one more thing before we transition? Well, I, I have just some really quick <gasps> oh questions God, for all you. The questions. Oh my God! You guys, I have really I'm quick so questions stupid. for you. So. What did you absolutely love about this book? I think the structure is fantastic. I love the structure right. of smaller chapters with like, here's this thing, like basically um, thesis, backstory, challenge, like three yeah. home, simple homework. And it's not like a giant thick book. It's no. under 300 pages. Like it, it's, it seems like it'd be like a good like vacation read or weekend read yeah. or whatever. Listen, it was the number two bestseller on Amazon yeah. last year. Yes, and I feel like we've already covered what you what this book got wrong mm -hmm. or what you hated about mm -hmm. this book. Was there anything that you put into practice from this book? Um, 
you know, some of the I'm not good enough, some of the um, I should be further along than I am by now. Uh-huh. Some of it is. I think with for me with this book, I had to pick and choose very selectively mm-hmm. um, about this. And, you know, she's in a different place. She's like the CEO of a media empire. She has a very different perspective. Than and she's had success very, very early. It sounds like too. she did. She had an interesting trajectory and like found her niche and, you know, um, has had cool success and one of the other cons with this book is um she talks about this relationship and how she's not valued and for a year she's treated terribly by her boyfriend Mm. um and then you come to find that that's the man she married oh yeah he he changed i'm using quotes and he turned into an amazing man and that's the man she married so it's tough to take relationship advice from the person who basically married her the the perpetrator of emotional abuse Oh my god. But does she talk about how he changed or how Yeah, after she broke with him, broke up with him and hung up on him and unplugged her phone and then woke up to him banging on her door within the span of a couple hours he had changed. Oh, this wasn't like we went to couples counseling and worked on our communication no. and got to the root of his He changed oh. within the span of a few hours and Oh. Yeah. So it was it's it there's a lot of problems in this okay. book. Okay. So you didn't really There's a lot that I was like I wouldn't give this advice to my friends. Got it. Okay. But it does sound like it did give you an awareness of certain lies or narratives we tell ourselves. I think that part is the most compelling is when somebody says, these are horrible things I said to myself. To open up about your shame. Remember like when Brene Brown said, I want to see your vulnerability without having to be vulnerable. That's right. This is a perfect book for that. Oh, great. (laughs) Okay, great. Yeah, because somebody else is doing the vulnerable work. Well, and I also like that she calls them lies because that's a different way of framing it, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so we talked about what she got right, some of the things she got wrong, we'll dive deeper into. Who's this book perfect for? This book is perfect for, um, people of, uh, Judo-Christian principles, Mm -hmm. Judo-Christian principles. Um, uh, definitely if you are of Christian faith and you enjoy, um, Christian publishing, Mm -hmm. um, if you love her current content you're gonna love this book um if you kind of want somebody to talk to you like they're your best friend and not really mm-hmm. and you don't care if there's not a lot of compassion coming at you then yeah. that's great okay if that's your jam it's okay. not my jam yeah it seems like it uh do you have a listener challenge for me Some i do homework? i do i want you to create a vision board oh my god god damn it God damn it. This is like the least annoying thing that I'm I could have you do. I'm so annoyed at you. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple how big specific does it have examples. To be? I'm going to it doesn't Can it have be, to be digital if if you insist. No. I now I have to per the minisode go to the library and ask what periodicals they're no, throwing away and Listen, fucking cut them out and I'm so mad at I'm you. I'm going to give you a life hack right now. I should have said this in <sighs> our previous. Here's a life hack. Do you have like cereal boxes at home? No. Okay, do you have any kind of size or shape of a cereal box at home? Amazon box. Great. Cut off one side of that Amazon box and use that as the basis of your um, vision board. Guys, I wish you could see her face. She's giving me the most subtle sneer. It's not subtle. It's aggressive. It's stank eye. It's so middle school, and I love it. It's amazing. Ugh. Yeah. If I could throw this table across the Here's the tip. Here's the super tip. What? Don't... Oh, now she's giving me share face, sucking her. Um, My body language is very, very it's mean. Don't cut off the sides and fold those back, and it'll stand up on its own. Oh my god, it's a fucking display vision board. <laughs> is anyone else, y'all? I hope that I used to hate making vision boards, and I love them now. And here's my challenge: What do I have to put on the vision board? Okay, here's here's what I want for you to do, and here's my other life hack: Don't make it so huge that it's like for the next year. Thank you. I want you to make it for the next four weeks, and just pick like one or two goals you want to achieve in the next four weeks. So, mm-hmm. like, this is a vision board for a month, just a mm-hmm. month, and then you're gonna throw it away. Um, and if you want to make it super granular, you can do it for like the next two weeks. Like, what do you want to feel like? And just think about like feelings or emotions versus like words or like exact pictures. Like, is if there's something you want to accomplish, if it's like email or like reading a book, a picture of a book, or if it's like you want to feel relaxed, a picture of a pool or a picture of like a sunrise, whatever makes so, sense to you. So it can be like goals and states of being. 
Yeah, it doesn't have your vision board. Can, oh my god, the eye roll was so good. I'm so mad at you right now. Okay, I love it. And if you would like, I would be happy. We could do this together. Yes, please, because I'm not going to fucking do it on my own. I need to come over. I'm so mad at you. I am feeling so angry, everybody. Okay, speaking of this and me reverting to my middle school self, this is why our don't transition. You, why don't you tell us what your positive transition is? If you haven't watched Pen15 on Hulu, it is the most brilliant it and is amazing the best series. thing I've ever seen. It's uh, it's a short, limited, um, episodic series about two girls in middle school. And here's the kick. that The two women who created it in their early 30s are playing the girls in, high, in, in, in middle, middle school. school in and seventh everyone grade. else plays their normal age. But it is... It's not making fun of that age. It's exploring it, that age in a way that has not been explored. The acting is so earnest and poignant, and they're going through all of the most painful but funny, yeah, th- heart-wrenching things, and their love for each other. I just feel so good after watching every episode. It's Pen Fifteen, P E N One Five, which looks like penis. If you which write looks it out. like it, that's that's what the Pen Fifteen Club is. Is in middle school, you'd be like, "Do you want to be part of the Pen Fifteen Club?" And you'd be like, "I don't know what that is." And they'd be like, "Well, we'll tell you after." And they'd write in pen or sharpie, P E N One Five, and it looks like and penis it looks on like the hand. word penis. And then you walk through the rest of the day with the word penis on it. But here's the deal. The com- the the emotional complexity and nuance of these middle school girls is being explored in a way that, like, people loved eighth grade because it did this, but it only the movie did that with eighth grade. That's right. It, they only did that with the main character. Yeah, everybody else was kind of. Mm-hmm. Sh- this is these two, and it's amazing, and it's not been done in this way before, and it's brilliant. It's so fucking brilliant. Do yourself a favor. Watch the first five minutes and see if you fall in love. Yeah. It's so good. Lisa, thank you so thank much you, for this Misty. book review. I am so excited to get into the specifics yeah. of the problems of this book because yeah. you were saying you were saying before we started recording, this book is super problematic, which yeah. is why we're dedicating a, a mini so to yeah. it uh, when we normally just get into the problems in the middle of the book. So really looking forward to that. Thank you for this review. If you've read this book and love it and are like, you women are getting it wrong, just like we have gone through with the life-changing magic of tidying up, we want to hear from you. Go help yourself podcast at gmail.com. We're at GHY podcast on Twitter or at go help yourself podcast on Instagram. Get a hold of us. Um, We want to hear from you. Misty. Lisa. Life is abundant. Dream. Uh, uh, dream, uh, dream, uh, dream, 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 dream. When I dream about you, I get Dream, dream. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at ghypodcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.